0: Welcome to the Pastor Nora King podcast. We're confident that the message you're about to hear will enhance and empower your life in God. Now, here's Pastor Nora. I'm going to talk to you tonight about forgive and forget. Forgive and forget. Now, when I say that, you may be here tonight and you may say, well, you know, I don't really have anybody in my life that I need to forgive. Well, sometimes, do you know it's not just other people, but you have to forgive yourself. There are times. There are times that you have to forgive God because you've been mad at God and that kind of thing. And you know it's the truth. You know, we don't want to maybe admit, oh, no, I'd never do that. And all the time, you know, secretly in our hearts, we can harbor unforgiveness. And so we're going to talk some about that tonight. Now, Jesus is the example of how to forgive, And then he goes on not just to forgive, but to forget. You see, all through the scripture, the Bible tells us that Jesus forgives our sin. Now, if he forgives our sin, it's really a smart, wise thing for us to forgive ourselves and not keep dredging up the past and things that have happened in our life. If you, you know, first John 1 9 says, if you confess your sin, what does he do? He's faithful. And He's just to forgive you. And then what does He do? He cleanses you from all unrighteousness. And then at that particular point in time, we as God's children, we are clean, folks. We are clean. And see, what the enemy wants to do is bring those things back up to us that have happened in our past, but we need to take Jesus' example and we need to... Let it go. Once we're forgiven, then it's forgotten. The Bible says that Jesus forgets our sin as far as the East is from the West. In other words, it's never going to come around again. It's gone. He blots out in Isaiah, he says, our transgressions. In other words, they can't even be seen anymore. So if God forgets it and we, we keep thinking about it and it keeps being brought to us, then who would you think is bringing it to you? Principalities and powers, demonic spirits. They're the ones that will bring it back because the Father doesn't even remember it anymore. And so when we start talking about things that have happened in our past, God's just going to say, well, I don't even know what you're talking about because it's forgotten. And see, we need to be like Jesus in our life and when we forgive people, that we forget. There was a general once and... um, he said this to John Wesley. He said, this, this general now, he, wouldn't you think a general would be real sharp and smart? But let me tell you what he said. He said, I never forgive and I never forget. And you know what John Wesley said to him? Then, sir, I hope you never sin. See, and if we live our life, well, I'm going to forgive, but I won't ever forget. Well, you see, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Now, I'm not talking about that every memory that you have of something hurtful that has happened in your life is no longer going to be there. But what I am saying is those memories are no longer going to control you. They might still be there but you don't have to let them torment you and you don't have to let them stay in the place to where they take up residence and they're there right in your, the forefront of your thinking constantly just bombarding you. You don't have, you don't have to let that happen. You can, you can allow the Holy Spirit to help you forget things from your past. Now, I really believe that. And so we need to be people that forgive and forget, whether it's things that happen in our life to hurt us or people that do things to us, we need to release them. See, when you talk about forgiveness, it's a release. It's releasing someone. It's pardoning them. Isn't that what God did for us? He released us and He pardoned us from the sin and the things that we did that were wrong. And so we need to follow his example and do the same thing. In the Old Testament, forgive forgive meant to remove or to wipe away. In the New Testament, it means to lose. And it also means, I like this one, allowing room for error or weakness. See, that's what we need to do as God's people when we forgive one another. We need to allow people you know, when they make mistakes that we don't hold them against, hold that against them. Every one of us make mistakes. Every one of us, we find times in our life where we are weak. And if everybody holds us to all of those things, I mean, life would be a terrible existence, wouldn't it? We've got to have pardons. We've got to be allowed to be released from our error and released from our weaknesses. And thank God, God does it for us and he gives us an example and he wants us to do it with other people. It means to grant relief from payment. To grant relief from payment. In other words, don't you love, you know, to get something in the mail that says that you you know, that that you whatever you've owed or whatever and and they send you something and and they say that's been wiped away, it's been wiped out. You're relieved from your responsibility of payment. Now, wouldn't those be good words on your mortgage? On your cars? And other things that we credit cards? Well, it would be. Well, it's good for people to know that they get relief from payment. In other words, they've done something to hurt another person, but, but that person extends the pardon or forgiveness and relieves them from that debt of payment. Now, that is a powerful thing. Forgiveness is a powerful thing. Amen? Jesus' words as he hung on the cross, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do, or they don't understand. See, man was looking that day when Jesus was crucified and, and just brutally treated upon that cross and the stripes that were on his back. And, and you know, they were railing against him, and it was so ugly, and there was such hatred that it was in that place. And Jesus, our Lord and Savior, looked down around that cross, when those people were abusing him and treating him the way that, that they were. And he said, Father, forgive them. Release them from this debt. They don't understand that I'm having uh, to pay the price. I had to come the way of the cross. They don't understand all that. So forgive them. And you remember the story of Stephen. You remember when Stephen... Um, the, the Bible says that he was a deacon and he was full of the Holy Ghost. And he began to speak one day and those religious people that were around as he spoke, his words just began to cut them. Doesn't the Bible say that the Word of God is like a sword and it will cut asunder spirit, soul, and marrow? And, and Stephen's word, he was full of the Holy Ghost and he began to speak. And they couldn't stand it. Have you, ever, have you ever been around anyone like that where they hated you so badly and couldn't stand what you were saying so badly that that they would do what they did to Stephen? They gnashed upon him with their teeth? I mean, they were livid. And Stephen, as they were stoning him, he looked up into heaven and he said, God, I know it's, it's the end. I'm leaving here. Receive my spirit and don't lay this to their charge. I'm telling you, it shows us that men and women, we can be people like Stephen. We can be someone like Jesus and we can offer forgiveness when people have, have hurt us so badly and turning on us. You know, and doing things and saying things. And God's way is forgiveness. Amen? You know, we go through maybe a horrible, just terrible, ugly, nasty divorce. And, and you know, uh, it's, it's a horrible thing to have to go through. And the rejection and, uh, you know, all of the, the emotions that would have to be attached to that. And if we're not careful, we can get full of resentment and bitterness but that's why we have to do it God's way, and we have to forgive and release and pardon and let them go from the debt. Yes, they've hurt you. Yes, they've been horrible. But the way to, for you to get healed and raised up is release it and let it go. Amen? Isaiah 43, 25, I, even I, am he that blots out your transgressions for my own sakes, and I will not remember your sins. See, Jesus said, I choose not to remember. We need to be like Jesus when we go through things and and where we have opportunities to walk in unforgiveness. We need to not even remember. Remember? And again, remember what I said. I'm not talking about that you don't have the, the thoughts that you have to deal with, but you choose not to let it dominate your life. Some people... You know, I, I, I've talked to people before and, you know, they come in to talk to me maybe about something that's going on in their life and they would share a particular situation and I would come down and I might say, well, you know, that, that must have been, you know, something that happened maybe a month or two ago. Oh, no, 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 no. This happened back in 19-whatever. You see, some people just can't let things go because they choose not to let things go. But we can choose to let it go. Now, I'm going to tell you, there have been times in my life, true stories, times in my life where people have hurt me, they've said things about me, they've done things that I felt like that were inappropriate, um, hurtful uh, to wound me or whatever the case may be. And, you know, that is one of the hardest things to pardon or release those people because you know how you feel. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. Okay, God, get them! (laughs) Well, you know, the, the fact of the matter is if they don't change their ways and they keep doing things like that, they'll experience the vengeance of God. Nobody gets by with that because you reap what you sow. But you know, the things, the thing about it is, Jesus said, it said of Jesus, when he was reviled, he reviled not. In other words, there were people that were slandering him, that were coming against him, but he chose not to do likewise. He chose not to do it. See, the Bible says he was a man like we are, tempted like we are. And so do you not think that? that he lived life and and had to ex- didn't have to experience what we do no he had to experience it the thing he had to do though was to to live above it and because he did that he became our savior and lord and he gave us the way he showed us the way to live life and if we do it his way it'll be a good thing amen let's take our bibles and turn to Matthew 18 are you here with me tonight? Matthew 18. And we're going to look at verse number 21. Now, unity and harmony and peace before God is important. You know that, right? He wants us to keep the unity of the Spirit. He wants us to have that bond of peace. When there's peace, we're connected. And when there's disunity and disharmony, then we're disconnected. Okay. And so he's been talking about unity and how important coming together and praying together. And then he goes on to say in verse number 21, then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times, you know, I can just see Peter. Probably he was thinking, man, I am spiritual. Just look what I've said to Jesus. Seven times I can forgive. Jesus said unto him, I say not unto these until seven times, but until 70 times seven. 490 times a day, if that's what it takes, or more, whatever the case may be. Now, 70 times seven, you know, I like to get off on these little tangents, little side issues, but when it says 70 times seven, 70 is a number for eldership, and seven is a number for perfection. And so, you know, God is saying something when he's saying that. You know, if you're mature in your faith, the elder, and if you want to live life and do it right, 70 times seven. In other words, whatever it takes, you forgive And you know, as you look on in this story, and I'm not going to read all these scriptures for time's sake, but you begin to see about a a master who had a servant, and this servant owed him a huge amount of money, millions of dollars he owed him. And the servant came to him and fell down and said, Master, please forgive me of this. You know let this debt be removed from me. Forgive me of this debt that I owe to you. And the Bible says that this master had compassion and forgave him. And then this same servant goes out looking for the man who owed him $18. Looking for him. Finds him and says, you give me that money right now. And, and the man falls down. He said, I don't have it. I don't have it. I can't pay you. Forgive me of this debt. And he said, no, he wouldn't forgive. See, he had been forgiven of much, but he wouldn't forgive of a little. See, that's symbolic of our relationship with Jesus. We were so in debt. We owed so much that we could not pay. And Jesus said, it's okay, I forgive you. I pardon you. I release you from that debt. See, that's what that that is symbolic of. And then here we come along, the redeemed of the Lord, and someone does something to us that doesn't even compare to what we did, and we won't release them, and we won't let them go, and we're going to have our pound of flesh, and we're going to make them pay for it. And you know what? The Bible says that this man who would not forgive the 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 friend that he had that owed the eighteen dollar debt, he was turned over into the tormentors. I don't want to live life being tormented. I want to do everything I can to live life. I mean, life is full of problems and and situations, you know, that we have to face. And I don't want to be making any more problems for myself. Do you? And so I want to do it God's way. I don't want to be turned over to the tormentors because I won't forgive and release people from what they did to me. You know, I was telling you the story a minute ago about times that people have hurt me and wounded me, but I've had to work my way through it. It didn't happen instantaneously that all the thoughts and all the feelings and all the emotions were gone, but I made a choice based on the spirit instead of emotions. Now, we are emotional beings. But our spirit should have ascendancy over our emotions. And we should make ourselves do what we know is the right thing to do. So I'm not talking to you tonight about, well, just forgive and, and forget and you don't ever have to deal with it. No, I have wrestled with things. I have wrestled with them because, you know, I've had to, to do things with people. They'd be right in my face and I'm having to deal with it constantly, Thank God he, you know, through his mercy, he moves them out sometimes if they won't, you know, get things right. But, you know, until that time, you better deal with it right. You can't be responsible for how someone else deals with the issues of life and how they treat you and how they treat others. You can't make anybody do anything but yourself. You know, it's like when I do marriage teaching and I, I, I tell the couples, you know, because inevitably it always happens. I told my wife that when you said that, that you were talking that they needed to get that straight. Yeah, it's like, yeah, right. I'm not talking to wifey, I'm talking to you. <laughs> no, I am talking to both. But you see what I'm saying? We can look at each other. Well, that's your problem and that's your problem. We got to look at ourselves and take care of ourselves because we're the ones that can change. We can't change anyone else. We can't force it. We can try to force it. We can try to tell people what to do. We can try to control them, and you might do it for a little while, but you're not going to do it totally and completely. Because everybody is a free moral agent before the Lord. And it's up to an individual to take care of those kinds of things. And so we can see here, let's look at verse number 35. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also to you, if you from your hearts forgive not everyone his brother their trespasses. In other words, he's talking about turning, being turned over to the tormentors. So if we don't forgive... God doesn't forgive us. I'm going to tell you that is a precarious place to be in, isn't it? If we do not forgive others, God will not forgive us of our sin. Have you ever been in a situation and you don't know why maybe things are happening and not going right? You know, I I always try to look. I don't condemn myself, but I do try to look. Is there something that God is trying to show me here? Is there something going on in my life that I need to pay attention to? And you know what? If you get in unforgiveness, I'm going to tell you the damn is going to be there to block the blessing and favor of God, for sure. Now it can come in lots of other ways, but you get in unforgiveness, and definitely that is going to happen. Amen. In reading in the book of Luke, uh, that's dealing with this same chapter here in, in Matthew 18, and the disciples were talking and and. Uh, you know, how do we deal with this forgiveness thing? And Jesus is telling them what you have to do. You know, you got to forgive. If it takes 490 times a day, you've got to forgive. And you know what the disciples said? Increase our faith. I tell you what, it does take faith to forgive people. It takes faith to release people that have hurt and harmed you and done damage into your life. And you know, sometimes even it happens as as little children. And we, as little children, there's things that happen that we had no control over. But you know what? The best thing to do is we've got to forgive and go on. You know. Now I I do believe this: if a little child has been abused or hurt or anything like that, you know what? Yeah, we'll forgive, but we're calling the police. We're There's a legal side of that. So I'm not talking about just let everybody off, you know, scot-free from having to deal. But as far as you're concerned, you know, you've got to forgive and you've got to go on. And then whatever takes place beyond that point, that's between God and the government and whatever, you know i believe people who do wrong things that are against the law they need to pay that way even though they can they can serve they can be in jail and be forgiven you know what i'm talking about all right I, I heard this story, and I mean, it, it was—it really, it really touched my heart when I heard it. There was, um, there was a ten-year-old boy, and this happened like, you know, maybe thirty years ago or something. But there was a ten-year-old boy, and his family had made a, a person mad and upset with them, and so this man that was mad kidnapped this ten-year-old child and kidnapped them and uh, really tried to kill him. Um, they shot him. Uh, they uh, used an ice pick to stab them. Now you think about it, That's a horrible story, isn't it? And you can't even imagine human beings. You don't, you don't treat animals. You value, you know, life, whether it's animals or humans or whatever, you know? But he shot this young boy, and he left him in the Everglades. Think about it, in the Everglades, you know. You know, but somehow that little 10-year-old boy made it out and lived. He lost the side of one eye. And then years had passed where the Statue of Limitations, you know, were, it was passed. And so the man, they never knew who did it. And finally, the man, he was, you know, very elderly and on his deathbed, and he confessed that he did it. And see, here's this 10-year-old who is now an adult, and not only is he an adult, but he is a pastor, and he is serving a church. And he hears about this man's confession, and the man is elderly, and, and like I said, on up ready to leave this world. And in a nursing home in that same area, you know, where this occurred. And he's there, and the and the pastor, who was that 10 year old boy that was so uh, just horribly treated, he goes to the nursing home where this man is. Now think about this. This I mean, it takes God in you to do this. He goes to the nursing home. And he goes in and, and, and begins to talk to that man, tell him who he is, read him the Bible, and he goes back more than one time, reads him the Bible, shares the gospel message, and before that man left the earth, he got saved through the boy that he tried to kill. Now you think if that's not a picture of God's forgiveness right there, And see, that young boy, see, you know, and somebody said, how could you do that? And and this pastor said, well, you know what? If I had not let that go and I had not gone on, I wouldn't be the father that my children love, the husband that my wife loves. I wouldn't be that person because I would be full of bitterness and resentment you know, because of what happened to me, and see people look at that and they think, hey, you, you know, you've seen, I've seen several times news shows, and it would show someone that was there at, when someone was going to be um, executed for what they had done against their loved one. And you know that the pain would have to be horrible to lose someone, you know, through a situation like that. And you've heard people say, I can't wait to see it. He needs to pay for what he's done. I'll never, I'll never forgive. You've you've heard that and you've seen that. Well, you know, the progression of the law being carried out maybe needs to happen, but you know what? You do have to. If you want to live a whole life, you do have to release it and you do have to forgive. Now, they, they might be, you know, executed and go on. But the thing of it is, you have to deal with it in the right way. And then you've seen people, you know, just like this this pastor that I just told you about that went through such a horrible thing, but he was able to become who God wanted him to be in spite of what happened. How many, those of us that are here, we haven't suffered most likely anything like that 10-year-old boy did. But yet we can get stopped in our tracks because we won't release and pardon and let go of a debt. Amen. Now, I don't have a lot of time to talk. I'm just going to take a few moments here and just tell you the story very quickly about Joseph. If you begin to read in Genesis 37, you see the story about Joseph. Now, if you've been in church at all, Sunday school, that kind of thing, you know about Joseph. And if you don't, I'll tell you a little bit about him tonight. Joseph was the son of Jacob and Rachel. And Jacob loved Joseph more than any of his children because he was a son born in his old age to the wife that he loved And they only had that one child. And Joseph begins to have dreams. And these dreams, you know, he was telling his brother, he was telling his father, you know, I I saw, you know, you all were bowing down to me. And, you know, his brothers were getting envious and jealous. And Jacob, his father, gave him a coat. And it was the story you've heard, the coat of many colors. And on that coat, there was a crest. Now, this crest denoted that this was the heir. This was the elder, except Joseph wasn't. He was the youngest. And so there again, because he had favor in in the eyes of his father above all of his other brothers, there was jealousy and envy, you know, and all of that kind of thing that was going on. And one day Joseph was out and he was saying, hey, I had this dream and, you know, telling another dream that he had, you know, and that just infuriated them. They couldn't stand it. And so what they did is they put him in a pit, uh, the Ishmaelites come by, they turned him over to him and they sold him and he ends up into, he ends up being sold into slavery. Now here he is, God's man of faith and power, and he gets sold off into slavery. And when he gets sold off, he goes to Potiphar's house. Now, he is a slave in Potiphar's house. And the Bible says that he was prosperous even at that time. He was favored of God even at that time. That tells me and you, no matter what situation that we're in and how the circumstances look around us, we've still got the favor and the prosperity of God upon our life if we just knew it. So he gets in there, and he works in a way in all the favor that God has given him. He gets a promotion in Potiphar's house, and he's second in command in Potiphar's house. Now think about it. He starts out a slave. God pros- prospers him, favors him, and he gets promoted, even in dire circumstances like that. Well, he gets there, and you know the story of um, Potiphar's wife. Uh, you know, she entices him uh, and wants uh, him to, you know, to sleep with her. And he refuses to do it. He said, I can't do that. See, he was a man of honor. I can't do that. This is, you know, my master's house. You're his wife, and I can't do that. But day after day, she would keep trying to entice him into a a relationship with her, but he refused, and one day there was nobody in the house. She saw her opportunity, and he uh, dropped his coat and ran as she was trying to entice him again. And so he left, and the coat was there. The garment was left there. And so she tells her husband, he tried to rape me. And so he gets put in jail. And he gets put in jail. And when he gets put in jail, guess what happens again? He gets promoted inside the jail. And everybody recognizes there's something different. You know, as Christians, there's something different about us than other people. Well, I don't feel different. Well, you are because the greater one lives in you. Get a clue, okay? (laughs) He lives in you. Greater is he that's in you than the one that's in the world. And so he gets a promotion in jail. He interprets dreams for different people, and and they forget him for two years. And then, you know, Pharaoh has a dream, and somebody, oh, yeah, yeah, I remember. There was that guy in prison, and, yeah, he interpreted that dream. So they go send for him, get him cleaned up, bring him up there to the king. He interprets the dream and for Pharaoh, and he ends up being second in command in Pharaoh's house. Now think about it. But do you know if he had been full of resentment, if he had been full of holding grudges against his brothers who did this to him, this ugly, diabolical thing that they did... Do you know there's no way that he could have gotten promoted in the way that he did? It's obvious. You know, the Bible is, if you don't forgive, God won't forgive you. And if he won't forgive you, he's sure not going to promote you. And so he finds himself in that place. And he has two children Why is there. He gets married, has two children. And, and one of the children's name uh, uh, is Manasseh. And you know what that means? Causing to forget. Do you think that that's just well? That just happened that way. No, that was a plan. God, you placed me here. You put your favor upon my life. You've given me a child, and I'm going to forget what's happened to me. I'm not. I'm going to forgive, and I'm going to forget. And that's what Manasseh means. And then he had Ephraim, and you know what that name means? Fruitful. And so other in other words, when you call, when you forget what's happened, then you can be fruitful. But as long as you're holding on to the past and you're gripping the things that have hurt you and wounded you in your life, and you won't release them and you won't let them go, you're going to be unfruitful. I don't want to live in unfruitfulness. I want to be fruitful in God, don't you? And so he was able to do that. As we look at Mark 11, 22 through 24, I'm not going to turn you there, but you know it talks about speak to the mountain, command it to be cast into the sea. You're going to have what you say. Yes, that's right. Preach it, sister, preach it. But then you get down to the next verses and it says when you... If when you stand praying, you forgive. In other words, he's he's given us a little clue there. When you stand praying, when you kneel praying, what, whatever your prayer stance is, you don't have to wait two years, six months. You know, well, I'm just going to let him suffer for a little while. No, he said, when you come before me and you pray, you forgive. And he said, if you do not do that, then I won't forgive you. Now, see, listen, let me tell you. In other words, that would say instant forgiveness, right? We forgive instantly. Does that mean all the emotions instantly go? No, we've talked a little bit about that. They don't. You have to deal with that. But you have to rule your spirit. The Bible talks about, you know, the one who rules his spirit is better than the one who takes a city. Think about it. Take a whole city. Now, that's a powerful thing, but it's more powerful if you rule your own spirit when it comes to forgiveness and releasing people and letting them go instead of, you know, this whirlwind around us of emotions that go on. But he said, when you stand praying, you forgive. If you want to speak to the mountain and you want to say these things and have have it come to pass, then you better deal with it the right way and release it. And let it go. Just let it be cut and severed from your life. So important, folks. So important. Thanks for listening to this message from Pastor Nora King. If you'd like to contact us, you can visit us online at redemptionchurch.com. We'll see you back here next week for another powerful message from Pastor Nora.